I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and my co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm great. Yourself? I'm doing great. We have some amazing people that we're able to spend some time with in the studio today. And one of those people is one of our favorite authors. And I don't want to take any more time and rob us of a joy of being with this individual. So, why don't you tell us who is joining us today? I'll tell you who it is, and uh, it's Pastor Rod Loy is on the other end of the podcast. How are you, Pastor Rod? I'm doing great. Good to see you guys today. Definitely. And for the listeners, Rod Loy is the senior pastor at First Assembly of God in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Under his leadership, the church has grown to over 3,000 in weekly attendance and has helped plant, get this, more than 1,100 churches in 63 nations. Some pretty cool things for mm-hmm. God's kingdom and his glory. Rod's unique approach to leadership has led him to um, adventures in the real world, including working as a volunteer lifeguard and elementary school assistant. He's the author of one of my favorite books, which is Immediate Obedience, as well as a brand new book called Help, I'm in Charge. So if you have ever um, felt like you're in over your head in leadership. I think this episode's going to be for you as well as if you've ever felt God nudge you mm-hmm. and heard maybe the whisper of God and felt intimidated or freaked out or overwhelmed. I think this episode is going to be for you because we'll dive into a conversation about leadership with the help I'm in charge. That's hilarious and so true. And then immediate obedience about just taking the next step, whether pioneering something or just um, taking steps of faith. So Pastor Rod, can you just share for the listener today, some of your story, your journey of life and leadership, maybe how you got into ministry with us today? Sure. I was a, uh, I was a misfit and a reject as a kid. I was the guy who was picked on and made fun of. I had thick glasses, messy hair, and read a book a day, which is pretty well, you can just call that target. And, and that's, that's what I was. And uh, that, that experience and, and the rejection really formed a lot of things in me, some good, some bad. Um, the the good side of that is I I identify with people who consider themselves misfits. And I it's almost when I speak, even if I don't speak on that, they're just naturally attracted to me. Which and that's that's great. The dark side of that is that it preset me to to need people's approval. And really to, um, in an overweighted way. So when I became a pastor, a senior pastor now, almost 20 years ago, I was obsessed with the numbers. And I was very uh, kingdom competitive. I knew how to say the right things. But in my heart, I was trying to beat you, which is really not kingdom great. So I... I had to learn a new grid on which to base my life. 
that it's a long story to get there. I actually wrote a book about that journey. The book is three questions, but ultimately landed at three questions from scripture that became my new grid. First is found in Galatians chapter one. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Mm-hmm. And then Paul says, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. The second is found in Galatians 3.3. Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? And then the third is found in Galatians 4. I think it's, I should know exactly, I think it's 16. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? And so those three questions have kind of become a, a life grid for me and a different way of measuring my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm more settled. I'm a, if you if you knew me 10 years ago, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you probably didn't like me, and that's okay, because I didn't like me either. So I, I completely get that. Um, but I'm, more, I'm more settled now. And that's, that's more the framework by which I live my life and ask myself those three questions often. Pastor Rod, that's amazing. <clears throat> just the journey that God's brought you on mm-hmm. and asking and reflecting and doing a self inventory, doing a spiritual inventory and leading you ultimately to the place where you are today. And I think that that is a place that many leaders might find themselves in a place where they need to ask some questions right. or use that grid. They can rewind and listen to those three questions from Galatians and, um, Talking about your writing for a second, I met with Clarence St. John, who at the time was our district superintendent, probably four, maybe three, four, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I wept my way through this book. Mm-hmm. Mike and I have both since read it and um, just the idea of immediate obedience. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom would tell me something growing up and she would say, anything less than instant obedience is disobedience. So it it resonated with my upbringing, but also just the idea of hearing God's voice and then Mm -hmm. taking the next step. It takes courage. Mm -hmm. And can you just share what caused you to write on the topic of immediate obedience? You know, years ago, I would develop big growth plans for the year. And my growth plan might be three pages long. And, you know, Four weeks later, I couldn't remember what was on my growth plan. And so it was really hard to be accountable to three pages. So now, seven or eight years ago, I switched to one thing, one big thing every year that I, that I want to change in my life. And that's born out of self-reflection. That's born out of the input of people close to me, truth tellers in my life. It's born out of prayer. And so I work on one big thing, but I don't tell anyone what that big thing is. Anyone. Because I want I want them to sense and see the difference. Mm-hmm. And I want them to reflect that back to me. And so a few years ago, I really sensed the Lord leading me to uh, immediately obeying him. You know, so many times we hesitate. Hmm because we're not sure if it's God's voice or we're afraid we're going to get wrong or we're afraid we're going to be embarrassed, things like that. And so my commitment was when I sense it, I'll do it for a year. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that year, 
I was ready to teach it. I started the next January teaching it and then had about 200 people join me on that journey in our church. And their stories and my stories are, are what makes up that book. And some of them are amazingly inspirational and some of them are just not so inspirational. They're pretty funny. Uh, as, as you discovered that obedience sometimes is about what God wants to do in the other person, but it's oftentimes just about what God wants to do in me. That's so good. That's something Josiah and I do each and every year is pray into what God wants to do that next year as a married couple for one, but also mm-hmm. individually. Mm-hmm. And I think for the listener, I think it's a great challenge to pray into what does God want to expose in my heart? What characteristic or fault am I needing some refining in? And to see 365 days later, hopefully they journaled, they prayed, that is experienced the transformation of whatever that is or the growth of whatever that is in a positive way. So great to know that you hold those things near and dear to your heart because um, I think those are the most intimate moments we have. We don't want to have those Joseph moments where we throw out that dream or throw out our information um, too soon, you know, and find ourselves in a predicament. And I think many of our listeners, they're obviously Christians, they're believers, they are pastors themselves, or they're leading some form of group ministry, maybe at a volunteer level, who maybe have never truly understood the fullness and the vastness of all God wants to do. And thus, in turns, they become dissatisfied, they're unfulfilled, maybe they become a little bitter or angry about what they thought Um, God should be doing versus what he's truly trying to speak to them. And how can the listener who's hungry for more of God experience him? What advice do you have for those individuals listening today? I mean, it sounds overly simple, uh, but it's got to start with, I mean, you can't give a different answer than spend time with him. I mean, if you want to know me, you can spend time with me. And guess what? You have to initiate that time. Right. True. You're waiting on me to call you. We're in trouble. <laughs> You've got to initiate that time and spend time with me. But then I, I do think that kind of that next level is being willing to take some obedience risks and get out of your comfort zone. I think many times the reason why we don't experience the fullness of God is because we don't put ourselves in a situation where we'll fail without him. And if you're if you're never willing to take the big the big risk mm-hmm. and then you just don't ever really discover his all sufficiency when I, when I just when I just do what I can do then I find myself not needing a whole lot of him and it kind of goes back to one of my questions after beginning with the spirit are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort and the more the more I put myself in a place where my effort isn't enough the more I discover his fullness. And in my case, I don't have a lot of talent. And so that, that helps. I actually think the talented person has more trouble because they can lean on their talent. Mm. Well, I don't have a talent to lean on. And so if I don't lean on him, if I'm going to try to talent my way through it, we're all in deep trouble. <laughs> So, I mean, Pastor Rob, getting, getting like, I know there's a 90-day challenge that readers and listeners can take in the book of immediate obedience, and we'll have you talk about that in a second, but I know there was at least one story, if I'm remembering correctly, like, it cost you some money. Like, God put it on your heart. Do you mind sharing, like, a, 
a story. Um, it could be yours or someone else's of like maybe some of the whispers that God's asked you to, to do or to take a step of faith and try to obey what he's saying. Yeah, I'll give you one from just a few weeks ago. I was in, uh, I was in Branson, Missouri, which Branson's not my favorite city. I, I measure my year by how many times I go to Branson. And so fewer is better. I, I'm not a, I'm not buffets. And anyway, I was there and I was with a group of pastors and their spouses. There's probably 20 of us at dinner that night eating at a new restaurant. So my buddy and I got there earlier, kind of make sure tables ready, get appetizer ordered and stuff like that. And we had one girl waiting on us, probably 20, 21. And she's, she's waiting on us the whole time. That big table of preachers, which is a tough assignment, as we all know, and did a phenomenal job. But the whole time, the Lord was just kind of putting her on my heart. And I'd been talking to her and just being nice. And then I, I felt the Lord telling me to bless her. And so, but it was, it was kind of awkward because I'm with a bunch of preachers. I don't want them to think I'm, I'm kind of trying to, hot dog it or so finally she walked away from the table toward the front of the restaurant and and i followed her she got almost all the way near the front and the manager saw me walking towards her kind of intercepted me a little bit and said can i help you i said i want to talk to my server and you know that's probably never a good thing when that happens and so kind of standing just off to the side and the lord is kind of put in my heart that when I bless people, I'm supposed to tell them why. And so I, I told her, I said, Hey, I won't take, well, I won't take long. Uh, I wrote a book a couple of years, immediate obedience. And I talked about committing to immediately obeying the voice of God. And I feel like the Lord would have me bless you today. And so this, this is not really from, from me. It's, it's from the Lord, but I, I want to do this. And I handed her a hundred dollar bill and she, um, she looked at me, tears in her eyes. And then she said, can I hug you? And of course we're in COVID. So I understand that. Uh, I said, oh, yeah, of course you can. So we, we talked a little, I went back to the table. And then when we're, when we're getting done we're paying the bill and we gave her a good tip, we're paying the bill. Um, I said, Hey, come here. I, I want to give you one more thing. And I just, I wrote down on the back of a, of a receipt, uh, my name and my email address, and then our website. And I said, Hey, if you ever want to listen to me talk, you can listen to me talk here. And she looked at it and then she kind of walked away and then she turned back to me and she said, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah. She said, is this Christianity? <laughs> and, you know, I had no idea where her faith journey was. Wow. But this girl has just waited on a table of preachers, and she is making her judgment <laughs> about Christianity on what happens in those moments. And I wonder how many times people are watching us, watching our interactions on social media, watching our political rants, watching some of the crazy things we do, and how many times they're saying, is this Christianity? Mm -hmm. As opposed to, is this Christianity? 
And so you, you just never know on what level God might be working through your obedience. Sometimes you see it like that, and it's awesome. Another time, I, I blessed the server with $100, and she said, this makes my day. This makes my week. This makes my month. I'm going to Vegas next week, and I, I'm going to put it all in the slots. <laughs> and, but I didn't see that as failed obedience. Wow. Right. Wow. That's not filled obedience. I don't know what God's going to do and how he uses things. My responsibility is just to obey. I'm not responsibility, responsible for results. I'm responsible for obedience. That's so good. And I mean, what would you say to follow that up, Pastor Rob, for the person who's just learning to hear God's voice, trying to take the steps of obedience, and their mind is playing games with them? And they're in that moment of hesitation, like you talked about, and they're trying to discern, like, is this my own thought? Did I think that? Is this a lie from the enemy? Or is this truly the voice of God? What would you say about that? Well, know this. Uh, Satan doesn't tempt you to bless people or do good. <laughs> just kind of walk that away. And then I just quit worrying about whether it was my idea or God's voice. If it's consistent with his word and it encourages others, I'm just going to do it. And so if I do good and it wasn't God telling me to do good, he's still going to bless that. Mm -hmm. And so I just decided to take that pressure off of, is this God's voice? Isn't this God's voice? My dad taught me when I was in high school. He taught me to always have a $100 bill in my wallet. Because if you have to go get your checkbook or you have to go to an ATM, you'll talk yourself out of obedience. <laughs> that you needed to be able to immediately respond. That is so good. That is so good to recognize that God is always speaking. He's waiting for us to move and then he will move at the same time. So to be able to discern and be able to just press through and Hey, if he's, if he's asking you to do something, your heart's probably going to race. You might get a little sweaty. You might think, is this me or is this God? But hey, he'll open the doors. He'll close the doors. He'll protect you in the process as long as you're teaming up with him. And Pastor Rod, we know that you have uh, written this book that Josiah mentioned earlier, Help, I Work With People. And we know that we obviously live living through a pandemic right now where many people um, need help and are working with people and learning how to lead through a time that has never been experienced um, in our personal lives or in our ministries before. And you have an unparalleled passion for young leaders. And many people have felt more or less in the year of 2020 like they're stuck. Their ministry is feels like it's deteriorating. Maybe their home life doesn't look like it used to. Maybe they're an extrovert and they're kind of stuck inside, maybe different pressures all over the place. But what would you say to help that person about empowering people in the midst of what we're going through, maybe coming out of that? What would you say to empower the people that are currently in ministry, just dealing with those different tensions right now? Well, what a, what a fun year. Time Magazine, I just picked this up today. Wow. They're 2020. And then the question is, or the statement is, the worst year ever. That's pretty okay. encouraging. Uh, you know, 2020 isn't going to last forever. We only have a few more weeks. But here's what else. Just because we flipped the calendar page 
doesn't mean everything's automatically going to be perfect. All right, it's 2021. COVID's gone. Racism is gone. Prejudice is defeated. Politics are happy. None of that's going to happen. So crisis happens. And the natural response to crisis is to turn inwards. Mm -hmm. The best way I can explain that is when you're sick, who do you think about? Only yourself. Because you're only thinking about getting better. There's nothing more selfish than somebody who's really sick. You're, you're completely focused on yourself. Crisis does that same thing. Wow. It naturally causes you to turn inward. And so you will not naturally be outward focused. You will not naturally invest in people in these times. So you have to fight that tendency that we all have. It's, that's not anything wrong with you. You got to fight that intention, that, that tendency by being intentionally outward focused and investing in others. And I have formed so many new meaningful relationships in 2020. Wow. And now most of them are, we've talked like this and talked online or talked on the phone, but I just, I made up my mind. I was going to reach out early on when I sensed our church kind of moving towards hold and hoard instead of open hands, open hearts. Uh, we responded by that. I took about two days and we gave, we gave a sum of money to 80 different churches. And I just knew the church needed that. We needed to be outward. I needed that. I needed the joy of giving mm-hmm. um, the enemy needed to see what our response was going to be. Cause this is when we didn't know it was going to happen financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, enemy needed to see what our response was going to be to uncertainty. And the Lord needed to see our faith. And for me, that was, that was really a turning point. And I mean, I gave to churches where I didn't even know the pastor. That's amazing. Because you, you just have to do something to fight that mm-hmm. and something to fight that. I got to hold everything close. Pastor Rada, that is encouraging deeply during this time of Mm -hmm. 2020 and entering a new year. And I think a lot of people are listening right now and and reevaluating like with the natural rhythm of a new year and trying Mm -hmm. to plan out like their leadership or their generosity Mm -hmm. or just working on the life that God's calling them to and that they've always wanted and desired. And um, I want to bring something back that you shared about your story. Um, and I didn't know we were going to go here necessarily, but you, you mentioned in the introduction or talking about your journey of life and ministry of how you said like 10 years ago, if, if, you, if yeah. somebody knew you, you were sorry. And the idea of comparison or competition and as opposed to collaboration, kingdom-minded, what you just described in this last question. And I'm just thinking of myself when I ask this, I'm thinking of other young leaders who have access to social media, to what other churches are doing, to what other ministries are doing. Um, How do we as young leaders overcome the comparison trap? Here's the key thing I've learned. Uh, And it sounds simple, five words, but then I'll unpack it for a moment. Here it is. You are not your assignment. That's good. You're not your assignment. That is not you. It just happens to be your current assignment. 
So my current assignment for the Lord mm-hmm. is to lead First Assembly North Little Rock and its 13 campuses. That's my current assignment from the Lord. And so my responsibility then is to be faithful in that assignment. But that assignment's not me. That assignment's not my identity. If my next assignment is to revitalize a church of 60 in a town of 1,000, I will be no less important to God and no less significant to the kingdom. The challenge comes when we compare assignments and we assume that the size of the assignment equals the size of the individual. No, it's just my assignment. And so I need to be faithful in this assignment. You need to be faithful in your assignment. Your assignment looks completely different than mine. And so if you compare to me, the foolishness is our assignments aren't the same. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you compare yourself to someone else's assignment, it never works. Mm-hmm. It's, this is where the Lord has put you. This is where he has you right now. So what is it to be faithful in this assignment? I want to be faithful in the assignment the Lord has for me right now. And now I, I am enjoying this season of my life. I'm enjoying this assignment but this is not my forever assignment. I think that's such a great reminder. Yeah. There, there will be another assignment. And when that assignment comes, I need to be faithful in that one. I think it's a great reminder for leaders, young and old, we can find ourselves in that comparison trap. And I would say comparison is ultimately going to lead to unhappiness. I mean, whether it's about our looks, about our weight, about our education, about our family tree, about our background, maybe the past, maybe we're not, happy in the present and we're desiring the next in the future, but to realize that we can't compare apples to oranges, you know, my calling versus your calling or my assignment and your assignment in that season. And we know that we are, we're currently in a season where we come across a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, obviously are young adult ministry leaders or desiring to start a young adult ministry and see that flourish in their church. And sometimes we don't see those um, young adult ministries active. And maybe it was a dying portion of the church that's kind of been let go 20, 30 years ago. Maybe they're trying to ramp something up that's brand new. But can you just talk about and maybe share your thoughts on the importance of involving the next generation in church? It doesn't have to be only young adults, but how do we integrate the importance of the different generations as well as the next generation? Because we get so focused on the next generation that we also forget to say that they're also the now generation. So how would you speak into that today? Well, it's got to become normal and natural. So we have, I just want everybody to know that was your computer, not mine. That yes, sorry, yes. my fault. I'll take a hundred percent. It was ownership. Google's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and the sirens in the background, those were yours, not mine. We, yeah. <laughs> I'm in my little cocoon here. Um, it's got to become normal and natural. So, for instance, we have students on our Saturday night, Sunday morning main stage worship team. And so I looked up there this week, and there was a 14-year-old up there. Um, at, often there's a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old in in a place where most churches wouldn't put them. Mm-hmm. And the difference is we don't say, man, isn't it great that Bethany is up here today? Or wasn't it wonderful to have our students leading worship with us again? 
or don't you enjoy when Jade is here? We treat it as normal. It's just part of what we do. That's a normal, natural part of who we are. You undo all the good when you declare the good you're doing. So if you, you put kids up on the stage and then you make a big deal out of the fact that you have kids on the stage, what the message that sends is, this isn't normal. We're filling a quota. We've got them there. Hmm. It's, they just, it's got to become a normal, natural part of your life that you're going to have the youngest among us on in places of leadership. So probably where we're different, we start looking for signs of the Lord's involvement in somebody's life and that he may have his hand on your life for leadership. We start looking for that about third or fourth grade. And so then I personally, I want to be in a relationship with those people. So not, I'm just not going to sign them that. I want to be in relationship with them. I want to know them. I want to be part of their life. I want to be talking to them. I want to be involved with them. So it requires me to lead it. I, I want to invest my time, my energy, and my life in them. So Wednesday nights, I haven't been in our Wednesday night service in probably, I think I've been one time in five years. Uh, I'm in student ministry on Wednesday nights, not as a pastor, not as an evaluator, as a student ministry staff member interacting. I'm sending the value message. I, I met a new family this Sunday morning in our guest center. Sat down, it's mom, dad, and 10-year-old kid. I turned, turned my body, turned my attention to the 10-year-old kid, talked to her for about five minutes, learned all about her, then finally turned to the parents and said, I am so sorry I forgot your names. Who are you? <laughs> well, I am, I'm letting them know a value. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, they're going to know that. I have a semi-open door policy. So if you're under the age of 18, you can walk in my office anytime. If you're over 18, make an appointment. So there is intentionality beyond just we've got a ministry to them or we, we have a tokenism. It's they are part of our lives. Pastor, I've seen that modeled. Um, but I've never heard it said that way, either of those things. The semi-open door policy, never heard that, as well as just um, what you had talked about, about it being normal and natural. And I think when you embody it in that way, it is celebrating it. It is saying that, you know what, this is a value, and you can still value something without talking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, if you have to... If you have to announce your value, it's probably not a value. <laughs> and that's and that's a really fantastic point. And we had Pastor Randy Jumper. We love him. We had him on the podcast a little bit ago, and he shared a story about his passion for young adult ministry and what he was doing. And then it was like 17, 18, or 20 years ago that you kind of took a, a countercultural move and just brought him on staff and had him start leading the young adult ministry. And we like to ask senior pastors who come on the Young Adults Today podcast about why they believe the next generation and their faith to be so important. Well, I, I personally, 
believe this generation can accomplish the task of sharing the whole gospel with the whole world. My only regret is I'm not part of this generation. And so I can't change that, uh, but I can take the shots for them. I can, I can put a target on my back and let people come after me instead of come after them. I can clear away for them. Uh, they've got the tools. They've got the aptitude. They've got the commitment. They've got the generational characteristics. If we've ever had, if we've ever had a generation that looks like they could accomplish the task, this is the one. So if I'm not in the generation, I, my assignment is to clear the way. Clear the way and equip them to accomplish it. I think that's amazing because I think exactly what you said, but just to also a reminder that Pastor Rod, we couldn't go where you haven't been. Like you've been pioneering the way for so many people that you are, you're clearing the way, you're pioneering the way. And it may look different once they take the reins and once they step into that, but definitely agree that they have the ability. And once they team up with the Holy Spirit and they team up with God, they're unstoppable. They can be an unstoppable force to reach um, literally to the ends of the earth with and through technology and through the right. love of Christ and their passion in that process. And we're passionate about one little part of our episode that we absolutely love getting to know our guests a little more, as well as the listener always seems to lean in right here. But we have our last segment. It's called Five and Five. This is such a fun part. We, yes. we hope that you have as much fun as we're about to have. So it is five questions in five minutes. So we can wrap everything up. They're going to be rapid fire. Are you up for the challenge? Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Okay. Question one. If you could describe your soul right now in this season, what three words would you use to describe it? Challenged, excited, anticipated. Excellent. You're fast. You're doing great. Question number two is similar. It has to do with words. Are there words, Pastor Rod, that you live by that mean something to you or they're significant to your spirit? Maybe it's from scripture or a verse or a quote that you live by? Four words. You'll see it. If, if I'm talking to you and I'm bored, I always have a pad in front of me. I'll write these four letters across the top of the pad, F-I-T-M. You see it on all kinds of my notes and meetings and all that. It stands for this faithful in the moment. What does it mean to be faithful in this moment right now? So honest question 2.5, have you written that on your notebook during our episode? <laughs> Sorry that you can't see my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number three. Here's the curveball. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question, what would you ask us today? What price are you willing to pay? Oh man. I think that's uh, that's a great question. I think Josiah and I have count the cost together as a married couple of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a leader, what it means to be a pastor, what it means to be under the, uh, a magnifying glass at times, well, to be in a fishbowl. And we've said that we would give our lives for this generation. We give our lives for each other and whatever God has in store, we want to be focused on the fact that he is the center of it all. Come rain, come storm, come high, come low. Um, that's just kind of what our prayer has been from the get-go as a single people, knowing that we were both called to ministry um, in a way that we knew that our future spouse had to be as well. 
And so when we came together, year one, year, year one and a half was strictly who are we in marriage? We wanted to build a foundation of whatever ministry God called us to on a strong marriage. And obviously it's only been three and a half years. A lot can happen, but to constantly invite God in on all of that each and every single day, some days, moment by moment, uh, whether it be our marriage, our ministry, finances, the gamut, everything is to make sure that God is the center of it all. And that we know do not build our kingdom, but we're um, coming alongside people and leaders and pointing them to Christ to build his kingdom with never our name attached to that. So that's a great question. I don't know if that answers wow. that, but <laughs> at first, yeah, I've never been asked this question at first. I was taken a bit aback. So Micah, thanks for going first, allowing me to think for a second, but I think how I would answer it, Pastor Rod is whatever the cost. Um, I, something that has just been in my spirit all week in my quiet time is though none go with me, still I will follow. Or if, if no one comes with me, still I'll follow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a point of no turning back. There's a point of, you know, I've been deeply inspired and moved by Andy Stanley's quote too, that he asks the question, what's the faith of the next generation worth? And he pauses and then says everything. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. So there is a cost to that, but we believe also that things of great value are worth a high cost. They're worth a high price. Mm -hmm. And if we want our lives to have value eternally or significantly, it's going to come at a cost mm -hmm. and there's a weight to that. And there's, we should count the cost uh, as much as we're able to, but mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're willing. Well, you can count on this. Whatever the Lord has for you next is going to require a higher price. Uh-huh. Believe that. <laughs> wow. I, I'm going to come back and listen to that and process it. And to come back to you in the moment, uh, will you share maybe one mistake that you've made in ministry, in life, or in leadership that you've made, and, and maybe what God has taught you, bringing you through that process? Uh, I mean, I could write a book about my mistakes. I've, goodness. Um, I think probably one of my biggest mistakes when I was younger, I let people who loved me and had my best interest at heart out of my life. Mm. I, foolishly, I thought that, that there was like a never-ending stream of those people. And now on this side of things, I realize it's a rare and precious gift. And that you will only see the mistake we make is we look at other people and think, oh, it must be easy for them to gain people like that. Now, it, it's rare. And if you'll have just a handful of people in your life who love you and have your best interests at heart and, you, and speak the truth to you, and you got to do whatever it takes to keep them in your life. And when you do like I did and let them out of your life, trying to put them back in your life is a lot more difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listeners start praying for, start praying that God provides lifelong friendships Definitely. Um, that are going to hold up your arms in ministry, outside of ministry. It's always healthy to have those people. Most definitely. Pastor Rod, we've come to our very last question and we will let you go for the day. But if you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders, one thing, and maybe you've already touched on it, what would you leave them with today? Expect troubles, challenges, and obstacles. If you don't expect it, when it comes, 
it'll throw you off. Mm-hmm. Whatever God called, whatever God has called you to do is going to be met with opposition. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be challenging. And there's going to be a moment where you're ready to give up. And if you didn't anticipate that before it came, you'll falter and fail. No, it's coming. Jesus said, his greatest promise this is the one no one likes to talk about. In this world, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. Wow. Pastor Rod, I think that what's cool is what comes next with that promise is that we get to take heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I've seen your heart for pastors just really shine for making a video that just says, don't give up mm-hmm. and just um, the burden or calling or passion that you have for leaders period. And then young leaders um, to take bullets or to take shots and to have a target on your back at times um, just on behalf of a generation of young leaders, we get to be the ones that say thanks yeah. and that we appreciate you and value you and admire you so much. And we're really grateful that we got to spend some time together today. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Scott. Absolutely. For sure. And for the listener, um, whether you want to check out the book, Three Questions, Immediate Obedience, or Help, I'm in charge. You can check out the link that's in our show notes. We will be sure to put a link to the books, as well as um, you can learn more about Pastor Rob Loy and First um, Little Rock, First Assembly of God in Little Rock, Arkansas, when you check out the show notes at youngadults.today. Thanks so much. Until next time. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.